You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Well, great to see you guys today. I'm glad you made it here past all the running Santas. You know, if you're like me, I like get, uh, I get road rage. I'm like, want to open the door, Poof, you know, get out of the way, Santas. You're confusing the children. They think there's only one, you know, get out of here. But in case you're new here today, uh, my name is Doug. I'm the pastor here, and uh, we've been in this series called Revive, and, uh, which we've been asking God, praying to God to revive us. Like, we've been praying this prayer that comes from Psalm. Look at chapter 85, verse 6. It says, God, will you revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? It's like we're asking God to give us, like, spiritual CPR. You know when he gives mouth-to-mouth, like in, in CPR, uh, one person breathes breath or life into another person so that they can be revived and really live. And we're asking God to do that to us, the church, not the people out there in the world or those of you that were invited by a friend. You know, we're not pointing the finger at you, telling you you're bad and need to change. We're saying those of us that follow Christ have believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. We're saying, God, would you please change and revive us? And um, do you ever deal with um, what's called FOMO? Have we heard of FOMO? And FOMO is the fear of missing out. And you experience FOMO when it's like you're, you're looking at your social media and you see people posting their pictures of their food or their workouts or posting pictures of their travel. Like I've got these friends that are like in Australia right now and they've been at New Zealand and I'm just like getting a little FOMO there, you know, a little travel FOMO uh, from their trips or some people post pictures of a concert or their date or whatever and you feel like you're missing out. But honestly, uh, I have to say... I'm not missing out on anything. It's like God has been really nice to me and given me a great life and given me the opportunity to travel places that I never thought I would see and experience things that I'd never thought uh, that I would experience. And you know, some years ago, I started going to Liberia, Africa. And because of my trips there, I really fell in love with the uh, Liberian people and their story. And so when I found out about this documentary film that was gonna come out about the Liberian people and about the war they'd been through and about the Liberian women that prayed them basically uh, out of this war. Um, I wanted to see this documentary. It's called Pray the Devil Back to Helen. And you can see on the picture on screen one of the ladies that had the white head covering. These ladies literally prayed out uh, the devil. And the metaphor of the devil was Charles Taylor, their tyrannical leader. And he got, they got him out of there. And then uh, they got a new president in. And her name is uh, President Ellen Johnson Sarley. She's one of my heroes because she's Ivy League trained. She loves her country. She got rid of corruption. She is the first female uh, uh, president on the African continent. She's the first African female president in all of the world. And so she's this hero of mine. So I wanted to see the film. But the problem for me, it was only showing in like London or New York or Paris or L.A. And they wasn't showing here in San Antonio. Well, can you imagine how excited I got when I was on the way to the airport and I was going to go to Liberia and I checked my phone and on my phone it gives me this update that the film that I wanted to see about Liberia, about my hero, was going to play in the soccer stadium in Monrovia, the capital of Liberia, when I got there. And so I was excited and I, even though it was going to be like over 20 hours worth of travel to get to this part of Africa, um, I was going to find a driver to get me to that soccer stadium. When I got there, uh, a couple of friends decided to go with me and we're, we're like watching the film. It goes like 10 minutes into the film and they stopped the film. 
And I'm wondering what's going down. You know, when you're in the third world who just came out of a war, you're wondering what's going down, right? Uh, but then this motor car, motorcade comes into the stadium and they stop in the middle of big old SUVs and guess who gets out? President Sareleaf gets out like one of my heroes and she sits down there and they start the movie over. And so all of us got to watch this film with the president of Liberia there, uh, one of my personal heroes, you know? And what I thought about as I had that experience is like, I thought I was going to this war-torn third world country to serve them, you know, with the water wells and pastor training and healthcare and all this kind of stuff. But really, it wasn't me doing so much uh, stuff for them. It was God doing something for me. It was God giving me life to the fullest and experience, you see? And that's what John's talking about uh, when he's quoting Jesus said that in, in John 10, 10, the, the thief's purpose is to steal from you and kill you and destroy you. But Jesus says, and look, this is God's heart for you. This is Jesus' heart for you. My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying what? Life. That's what God wants to give you today. A rich and satisfying Life, And there are three Greek words for life because the New Testament of the Bible is written in Greek. And those words are bios. That's the life of the physical body. Of course, we get our word biology from that. Then the second word for life is psyche, which is the psychological mind, will, and emotion. Uh, of course, you can guess that we get our word psychology from that. But the word used for life in John 10.10 10, is of a totally different category. And it is the word zoe. And it means this life active and vigorous life as God experiences it. Does anybody want that kind of life? And so check this out. The biggest FOMO we should have, the big, biggest fear of missing out on something that you and I should have is the FOMO of missing out on the God life, the abundant life in Christ, the, the life as God experiences it, the zoe is what we're after. And so I know this dude in our church, and he lives like this. So... The reason that I'm telling you this story is because in recent days, we've been uh, getting these like um, bids on replacing our roof on the Cameo Theater because, you know, it doesn't make sense to, you know, fix up the theater on the inside if our roof is not replaced and these, you know, leaks are coming in and ruining everything like that. So we got all these bids and it's very expensive. And, you know, when I look at expensive bills at the church, you know how cheap or, or should I say frugal I am. And I'm like about to fall over. And so prayer is always our first response, not our last resort. So we're praying, asking God to provide here. Uh, well, this dude that you see on screen, his name is Jaime, and that's his wife next to him, his name is Priscilla. And he gave us a bid, his company gave us a bid, and he couldn't sleep that night because he saw how expensive, you know, all these bids were for the, you know, and his bid was for the, uh, the roof replacement. And he couldn't sleep that night because God was messing with him, working on him, uh, speaking to him. And he says, Priscilla, I think that God's telling me to do that roof at cost. And uh, she says, well, if God's telling you, you better not mess around. And so uh, he calls Humby. And then, you know, later on when I got back into town, he calls me and he, he, he and his crew redid our roof. They're almost done. They get a little bit for like cost, a fraction of the cost of what happened. You can clap for that because we thank God for that. And look, God always comes through and he always provides when we trust him and pray. But look, 
here's what Jaime told me. We're standing up there on the roof, you know, and the workers were just like totally taking care of the whole roof. And he tells me, Doug, Pastor Doug, I'm afraid when God tells me to do something, I'm afraid to not do it because I don't want to miss the blessing. See, he gets it. He's got the FOMO of missing out on the life that God has for you and I. So I want to show you today how we can experience this Zoe kind of life as God experienced it. See, to experience life, you want to drink, you want to dream, and you want to dare. Drink, dream, dare. Say that to someone next to you real quick, would you? Tell them to drink, dream, dare. So check it out. We experience life to the full when we drink. And some of you just got excited. You're like, that Pastor Doug said right after church, mimosa shots for everyone, right? But that's not what I'm talking about. You knew that, right? And so what I'm talking about is drinking from the spout where God comes out by his spirit. You know what I'm saying? It's like the living water drinking from the well. And that was the story of a woman in the New Testament who approached Jesus. Uh, she's known as the woman at the well. Now, in case you haven't read the story before, she's kind of known as like an affection, affectionate kind of lady. I mean, she liked the dudes, you know, and she's standing there at noontime because the other people typically got their uh, water in the morning and she's probably embarrassed because she had a bad reputation. She's standing there at noon. Jesus rolls up um, and, and, and he says, hey, can you give me a drink of water? And she's like, uh, well, why are you asking me for a drink of water? I mean, not only am I a woman, of course, that wasn't kosher that day. The Jewish men didn't talk to, to a lot of the women, especially, particularly a, a Samaritan woman. So there was a little racial prejudice going on uh, there. She says, why are you asking me for, uh, for, for water? And look at what Jesus says to her in John 4.10. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. See, the water that Jesus is talking about, it's like it quenches the thirst of our souls. Have you ever felt thirsty in your soul for something? It's like all your physical needs are taken care of, but there's something in your soul that's missing and you want something. The water is for your spirit. But look at John 4, 13. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, that is the well water, the physical water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And look, this woman, she was thirsty like all of us, right? And she was looking through men, through a, a bunch of guys. And lady, what, ladies, what I want you to know is, is that you will receive satisfaction and your thirst will be quenched through a man. But it's not just a, a bunch of men. So ladies, you might think, hey, I, I want me a sexy man. So it, it doesn't matter if it's like Blake Shelton, you know, this year's sexiest man uh, alive. And look, even though he's with Gwen Stefani, which ought to count for something, he's not the one that can quench your fur thirst. And it's not Dwayne Johnson. I don't care if The Rock says so, okay? Um, it's not going to be David Beckham, you know. Even David Beckham is a great, uh, he's a great soccer player. Look, these guys are probably good guys. 
guys in real life, but ladies, they can't quench your thirst. The one man that quenches your spiritual thirst is Jesus. And look at what Jesus says in John 7, 37. He says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And so what would Jesus say to this woman next? as they're conversing, because she's like, hey, you Jewish people, you worship over there on that, that mountain, and as Samaritan people, we worship over here. Have you heard, ever heard people say, hey, well, I, you know, I think you should only go to the Methodist church, or you should go to the Baptist church, or you should go to the Catholic church, but look at what Jesus says in John 4, 23. Yet a time is coming, and now has come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship Worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus is like, it doesn't matter what your mountain is. It matters what your heart is. And you can worship in spirit and in truth no matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in the car. It doesn't matter if you're at work. It doesn't matter if you're walking along the road or you're in your own home. You can worship in spirit and in truth. And a couple of years ago, someone got, uh, got us one of those gifts of a uh, Amazon Echo. You know, you talk to it and it does stuff for you, right? And so I'm like in my kitchen. I'm doing the dishes for my lady. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, as I'm doing the dishes there, uh, I'm just like, Alexa, play Pandora Station, Jesus Culture. The music starts coming out. Man, I'm worshiping the Lord while I'm washing the dishes. And it's like I just raised my, I dropped the dish. I raised my hand. I'm like crying. You know, God, I'm drinking from the well. That's what's talking about when you worship. You can worship anywhere. And it's like living water. All you want to drink as you worship him, see? And we experience life to the full, not only when we drink, um, but also when we dream, when we dream. You know, have you ever sat in a classroom and just daydreamed through the entire hour? You know, the teacher's talking, just like, just like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. You have no idea what he or she's talking about. You're just sitting there daydreaming, you know. And I remember when I was working as a corporate trainer, um, before I'd come back into the ministry. And I remember uh, I had thought at one time in my life, I really love just communicating to people. But what I realized is that it's not so much that I love communicating to people um, and speaking to people. It's that I love speaking about something in particular to people. And that would be Jesus. And I remember uh, standing in a corporate training room in Chicago and staring out the window as I had given the lecture that I'd given many, many times. And I'm just daydreaming. And you know what I was daydreaming about back in those days? I was daydreaming about what I'm doing right now today, see? And so we've got to have these dreams before we step into the reality of what God wants to do in our lives. So don't sleep through your dreams because what you dream about and daydream about could be significant in your life. And don't listen to those voices that say, some of you, that you're too young to dream that you can do something significant for God. Some of you are young people and you need to keep those dreams alive and God is going to do something amazing in your your future. And some of you, uh, you're listening to the voices that say you're too old to do anything for God. But look, if you're not dead, you're not done. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how decrepit you are. I don't care uh, how much you think you can't do anything for God anymore. You get dreams again. Don't listen to those voices that say you can't dream. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see what? visions and your old men will do what? Dream. Dream. 
dreams and even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And so this was a group of Jewish people that were receiving this. And it was a fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy, right? And all of these Jewish people would have known about this other prophet named Ezekiel. And Ezekiel had a dream that came from God. And in that dream, he saw this valley. And in the, you know what was in the uh, bottom of the valley? All these dried up bones. And so he gets a word from the Lord in his dream. And the uh, word is in Ezekiel 37, 4. It says, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to those bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you. I'm going to like do CPR spiritually into you and make you live again. And that very thing happened. Those bones rose up and formed bodies and they were like alive. And that was the message of the Jewish people of that day. It's like, you're dead spiritually, but I want to breathe life into you. And that's the life that God by his spirit wants to breathe into you and I today that we would experience not just walking around like spiritual zombies, but the zoe life as God experienced it. And some of you are letting your past keep you in the valley of the dry bones and you feel guilt and shame all the time. But God's voice is saying to you, you don't listen to that. You don't stay dead because of your past. You've been forgiven by the grace and blood of God. Not one of your sins is more powerful than the cross. And so you let go of that guilt and shame and move forward. And I will use your pain from the past. I'll use your sins of the past to to minister and serve other people in the dream of your future, see? And some of you are in a painful time of life right now. It's like you're depressed, you're hurt, or you got a family member that's hurt, but I wanna dare you to dream right now because some of you think, hey, my life just sucks too bad right now for me to experience the dream and the life of God. But here's what happens is that your dreams overcome your depression, see? Your dreams will lead you out of your depression. And so allow yourself to dream, even if you're hurting right now, even if your family is messed up right now, even if you're struggling right now, allow your dreams to get you out of that uh, depression. See, because God's voice is not the voice that's trying to push you down. God's voice is giving you hope, a dream, and a destiny. And in, God is not just looking for the best educated people today. And he's not looking for the people that are the best looking, the beautiful people, the pretty people. He's not just looking for the people with the good family backgrounds and the pedigree and all of that. But God is looking for the people who are actually willing to dream again about making a significant impact for his kingdom. See? And these people in Acts, even the old men and the young men, old women and young women who are willing to dream again, he used that handful of people to turn the world upside down, the Bible says, see? So we've got to be willing to not only drink, but also dream. But look at the next one. We experience life to the full when we dare, when we dare. Now, last year at City Youth Camp, Robbie uh, dared us all the kids and us to jump off a pole. 
And I brought a video when they, I thought, I have to do it, man, dang it. I mean, all these kids are here and they're, all these little kids are going to there, I have to jump off the pole. And so as you saw on the video there, like you're standing there on the pole and you know, I had to like on three jump out, you know, to try to grab the trapeze and uh, thank God, like I made it and I grabbed the trapeze, but I would have been safe anyway because I was in a harness and a rope and all that. But it, it is so counterintuitive to stand on top of a pole and then jump off of said pole. It goes against everything you're feeling and everything you're, you're thinking in the moment. And that is the dare of faith that God gives us. And part of the reason that I was able to actually grab the trapeze and do this thing is because I'd done this like 15 times in the past when I was a youth pastor, you know, back in the day. And so I kind of knew the drill and most of the camps where you can do that type of exercise, a lot of them will call that pole, they'll call it the leap of faith. See, the leap of faith. And as I was thinking about that experience, I was thinking about how God had dared Joshua to take a step out. See, because when you're on the pole, the point of the exercise is not so much for everyone to be able to grab the trapeze, but the point is to help us exercise our faith and to step out. Even when we don't feel like we're safe, we are safe. He's got us, see? He's got us harnessed in. There's a rope connected to us. And look at the challenge of God to Joshua in Joshua chapter one, verse nine. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And look, here's the thing. If you're gonna dare to experience life, you have to, at some point, show some courage. And as your pastor that loves you, I love to comfort you. I love that. When you're hurting, I love to comfort you and all of that, but there is a time not to comfort, but to challenge you. And some of you are trying to find a way around getting off that pole. You're trying to find some other way rather than having to exercise some courage and step out in faith. But sometimes you have to step out in faith even though the whole culture is against the way you're choosing to live. Even when people around you say, oh, you're judgmental or uh, you are such a goody goody. No, you have to say, I don't care what anybody else says. I'm gonna step out in faith. I have to have some courage to obey God and what he's asking me to do. Now, look what, what happened in Joshua chapter three when Joshua led these people encouraged to take some steps of faith. Um, it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks, the Jordan River. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up until the riverbed was dry. And then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. You see what happened there? As soon as they stepped out in faith and they stepped into the water, that's when God stopped up the water up, uh, upstream. And you know what we wanna do a lot of times? We wanna take the courage out of it. We wanna take the, the, the hard part out of it. And we say, God, stop up the river and then I'll step into that river and try and walk through it, don't we? We say, God, please, you do the miracle first, then I'll step out and obey you. When God says, no, you got to step out and obey me by faith, then my miracle working power and my life can be 
experience, see? And so some of you today are being dared by God to step out in faith. Some of you, it's time to step into a new relationship. You've been afraid to have a new relationship with someone. Some of you, it's time to get out of an old relationship that's dragging you down and keeping you away from God, see? Some of you, it's time to start being generous with your resources by faith, see? You think you don't have the money, but you do. And see, is that you step out in faith and trust me, and then you'll see my miraculous hand. And so as we often do, we're gonna have one of those prayer times where in case you're new here, I wanna explain the way it goes. Uh, Here in a minute, I'm gonna stand you up and we're gonna start singing. And I'm gonna invite you to come and kneel and pray at the front. Now, as we sing, for some of you, the dare is by faith to start singing because it's like, well, Doug, I don't sing unless it's Tejano, man, or, you know. I don't sing unless it's Led Zeppelin or Bruno Mars. I don't know what you listen to. But maybe one of the reasons you're not drinking from the living water is it's time to learn to worship. See, we're the true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth and so for the first time someone who's a new believer is going to like actually sing during this song and sometimes when you see people worshiping you know you'll see someone raise their hand and you're like what's that about they don't have a question why why they're raising their hand it's like look it's just like children reaching up to their good perfect father and wanting his presence with them see and so someone here in just a minute when we stand and sing you're gonna for the first time you're gonna raise your hand to your father and worship you've thought about it You even started just a little bit. You're like, you know, let's go full on lightning rod, man. It's like, God, I want your power in my life. I want to experience you by faith. I'm going to put my hand up towards you. But you know, the dare keeps going. It keeps going, right? Because I'm asking some of you, even balcony people, right? You can't hide from us balcony people. God's right up there, man. And you're gonna have to like walk downstairs to literally walk down here and like kneel at the front. And some of you down here, like in the middle, you're gonna, it's uncomfortable to step over people, isn't it? It's kind of weird. It's like, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. You know, you're trying to suck it in, you know, and get get across everybody. It's like, you're gonna have to by faith step out and move. But as you do, I wanna ask you to come down here and like take a knee before the Lord and say, God, Give me a dream. Give me a dream again. Put something in my heart again. And some, it's not gonna be just enough to get on your knees. It's like you're gonna get on your face before God and say, God, I want more of you alone. It's not through a relationship with a man or a woman or a promotion or money or whatever. It's about more of you. And you feel like dry bones right now. Your energy for God has been waning. And it's like, it's time today to not expect him to stop the waters for you, but it's time for you to step out in faith and release his power to fill you and revive you. So would you stand up with me now and come and step out by faith to pray and ask God to move here in our lives in our church. 
Father, I thank you for how people all over this room are stepping out, stepping out in faith to trust you with things in their lives and are moving beyond their depressions and moving on the guilt and shame of the past and all of that. Lord, we thank you that you're bringing life today as we step out in faith and trust you and seek you and ask you to revive our lives. Father, you alone are the answer, not any woman or any man or any promotion or money or any of that, Lord. We're accepting you. And as we continue and pray to you, God, I I can't help but think that you brought someone here today that they would become your child, be adopted in your family today. And as we pray, perhaps you're sitting there, kneeling there, standing there, sensing that God is moving to draw you to his loving presence, to adopt you as his child. And maybe you just want to talk to him in your own heart and say something like this, God, I'm tired of drinking from the wrong well. God, I'm, I admit I've sinned. And right now, the best I know how, I choose to believe that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died there to take the penalty for my sin and remove my guilt and shame. And God, I welcome you into my life to give me life, satisfying life as you experience it. And so, Father, we're so grateful for the many things you're doing in many hearts in this room, in the last service and in this one. And we pray all these things to your credit, honor, and glory, Jesus. Everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.